Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of the The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. What you'll be listening to today is an installment of the Conversation Pieces series. What I'll be doing in this series is shining a light on some inspired gems of creativity and hip-hop that I've encountered, providing expanded thoughts on fly things I've taken from the art, focusing on the how and the why I believe an artist ended up accomplishing something, with a more nerdy intention that gives my completely subjective and biased take on what gives the special somethings in rap their magic. By now it should be no bold statement at all to say that hip-hop is the dominant form of culture that is driving the world presently. Hip-hop has permeated popular music, obviously, but has also made its way into fashion, cinema, and most recently, the music of Barcelona native Rosalia, and specifically her latest album, Motomami. Through this album, Motomami, hip-hop has now crossed over into a crockpot of flamenco, pop, reggaeton, trap, industrial even, and Magdalene, FK Twigs, art pop, balladry, singer-songwriter music, all formulated by this Spanish songstress, whose rise to stardom has been nothing short of incredible ever since her breakout Flamenco Nuevo album Los Angeles back in 2017. And so what I want to do with this piece is explore the influence that hip-hop had on Rosalia's career and specifically this latest album, Motomami, showcasing just how powerful the greatest form of art really is and how really dope this album is creatively. And by no means am I an expert or trying to come off as one as it relates to these non-rap genres that this album delves in, like reggaeton, flamenco, bachata, etc. But I will say I do consider myself very well-versed in hip-hop, And so I wanted to share with you some really cool observations I had while listening to this album, specifically from a hip-hop head's perspective, which I hope could potentially put you onto this album in a way and in a language that would potentially resonate with you, the fellow hip-hop listener. But also, I just want to again spotlight what a super fun, beautiful, and creative mixture of musical styles that is present on Motomami. And this is the type of content I can only make when I'm awarded the time to get off the hamster wheel that is my day-to-day life and busy content creation life. So I really thank all the patrons that are supporting right now because this is the kind of content that I can continue to make more of as that support continues and increases. So let me know if this is the kind of content that you'd like to hear more of. So in 2017, Rosalia burst onto the scene with her deeply emotional and remarkably intimate Los Angeles album, which was straight flamenco nuevo that featured acoustic guitar, 
as the bedrock of every single instrumental with no other instrument present other than an occasional piano that would pop up from time to time. The vocal performances on this album was almost opera-like in its power. As someone who was able to see her live in Madrid of all places, something I will literally never stop flexing, her voice was spellbinding and sounded just as good live, if not better. As some time passed and her profile started to rise, as 2018 progressed and her upcoming follow-up album was slated to release later that year, I started following Rosalia's social media and seeing some of the widespread international press she was receiving, something began to grow very clear to me. This incredibly talented and beautiful woman is gonna, one, blow the fuck up, if not already having done so, and then two, this woman from Barcelona loves hip-hop. She was incorporating hip-hop culture into her primary fashion aesthetic. Add on the gold teeth that she now rocks these days, it was the first indication to me of hip-hop's influence on non-hip-hop artists from the international sphere. And this influence would show to be very prominent in Rosalia's career, and specifically her latest album, Motomami, her long-awaited album after four years from her previous. So following the release of Los Angeles in 2017, her stock rose exponentially. Not only was this due to her promising music that presented flamenco music with a youthful vibrancy, but her fashion sense too really began to prove very marketable. Her hip-hop streetwear fashion sense was really cutting edge and I think made her stand out quite a bit amongst her contemporaries. And not to question the legitimacy of her affinity for hip-hop-inspired style, but we all know this. What gets society more hype than a white girl donning aesthetics that originated from black culture? And now a white Spanish artist on top of that? You already know what it is. You already know the deal. But fast forward to 2018 now, her experimental flamenco pop fusion album El Malcarer, I don't know how to say it, I apologize to all Spaniards out there, catapulted her to superstardom. This was very highly acclaimed and sold very well, I loved it, and it kicked off a world tour for her. Heck, it even landed on Rolling Stone's updated 500 greatest albums of all time. And from that point on, we saw Rosalia make her first true direct links to hip-hop artists, collaborating with Travis Scott, as well as landing on hip-hop adjacent or heavily influenced by hip-hop works by James Blake and The Weeknd. Now, although her previous work, and especially her debut, felt authentically her, 2022's Motomami feels like it showcases the complete her, both in tone, musical style, and presentation. Motomami displays the emotional and vulnerable sides of her, while also showcasing some goofiness, some sexiness, and confidence that are obviously key parts of her personality as well. And one of the key ways she does this is her 
fully embracing hip-hop in a more serious way and I feel like that shows her full self because like I said I really feel like she does love hip-hop and that's what I really want to explore more now how did she do that with Motomami as one can see in the production credits some very familiar names to hip-hop and modern R&B music fans can be seen through the Neptunes as well as Frank Dukes and Noah Goldstein, who have been mainstays in many Kanye West projects for the past decade plus. So in addition to some of the collaboration with hip-hop and hip-hop adjacent artists, as I just mentioned previously, her first really clear flirtation with hip-hop in her solo catalog of work was seen on the El Mal Carer track De Aqui No Sales. I hope you can even know what track I'm talking about, but if not, it is track four. This track is built mainly off a flurry of samples using Rosalia's voice, traditional flamenco style hand claps, and also car sounds, hard drums, and bass. It's a really wacky track, but I think it really works. And so on Motomami now, I feel like that flirtation transitions to at least second base now, since the instrumentals on this album rely much more heavily on the foundations of sampling. On track four on Motomami, although no individual sound feels exclusively like a 100% hip-hop element, the way this tapestry of sound is placed and manipulated feels very inspired by more abstract or experimental hip-hop sampling structures. Even the way she delivers her vocals sometimes evokes hip-hop, such as on the blisteringly abrasive and strange opener to this album that sees Rosalia use a rapping cadence in her verses. That song also showcases the use of how vocal sample hits are frantically placed throughout this album no better illustration of this than the exceptionally strange track Cute, where there is pad drumming that is just absolutely bonkers. It's certainly a fun and highly freaky moment on this album. As someone who just saw Fresh Kills on tour with Arm & Hammer just this past month, who absolutely murked his pad drumming set, I could fully see him performing a beat like this live in front of a crowd. Rosalia stated in the past that she admires the work of hip-hop artists like Kanye West, as well as other artists that are slightly related like James Blake and Frank Ocean. So it's really no surprise that her love for this sound has permeated so deeply into her music. And zeroing in on Frank Ocean for a second, he was specifically cited as an inspiration to really create freely on Motomami, and it makes perfect sense. Because this album really does feel reminiscent of Blonde in its minimalism, intimacy, and oddball musical sensibilities. There are abrupt and completely loopy twists and turns on this album that makes it really feel like a strange mixture of some of the most beautifully gorgeous vocals you'll hear, with experimental flourishes that make this album far from easy listening and digestible. 
all on just the one song Diablo, you get abrasive electronics reminiscent of Yeezus or that feedback track off Life of Pablo, reggaeton rhythms, soaring vocals, pitched up vocals as well. Delirio de Grandaza reinterprets a 60s Cuban song that sounds straight out of Havana and then eventually samples a Soldier Boy feature from 2008 that somehow comes off really well and I really like it, especially given how they made it feel very nocturnal and subtle. La Fama, the album's lead single, is a masterclass in blending various musical styles together with a minimal yet still very danceable and groovy instrumental. Rosalia and The Weeknd showcase incredible chemistry here and absolutely kill it, making it both catchy and genuinely romantic. The range in what Rosalia pulls off on this album is tremendous. The way this album balances moments of tender, balladry, electronica, hip-hop, reggaeton, is beautifully manicured and sharply blended together in a way I really have not heard before. And definitely, once again, reminds me of what Frank Ocean achieved with Blonde. So Motomami truly does have some really unique and notable aspects to its production and its structure, if you will. But the heart of this album is clear. It's Rosalia herself and her absolutely phenomenal voice. Her voice can truly do everything. It has the ability to give you the sweetest of melodies with an exceptional range, flexing her classical flamenco singing background. She possesses a remarkable tenderness and raw passion in her voice that you can absolutely feel. And this kind of dynamic or this feeling that she evokes through her voice is otherwise known as duende which is a term used in traditional flamenco music where one's performance evokes pure, deep emotion, something that comes through loud and clear and is in an authentic a way as humanly possible. And as I mentioned earlier, seeing her live, I got emotional and I wasn't the only one. She is the kind of voice that can really compel you to just want to go over there and just give her a hug because she's bearing her soul. There's something so primal to a voice like this. It's it's so arresting and evades any inhibitions you may have. On top of all that, her voice has some real horsepower behind it too. Once again, largely thanks to her classically trained flamenco background, she has the ability to belt out some magnificently powerful vocal lines with effortless ease and fluidity. A great display of this is on the largely musically sparse G3N15 that relies on her vocal range to bring it home. Some other really beautiful vocal moments on Motomami is the stunningly catchy and mesmerizing vocal lines on Candy and Hentai, both boasting some beautiful details in the instrumentals. I love the washed out drums and bright icy synths in the chorus on Candy and the interpolation of Burial's Archangel. And then the noisy drums on Hentai that come through at the end feel very much like something I'd hear on a Kanye album, 
which unsurprisingly boasts production from the Neptunes and Noah Goldstein. If you got this far in this episode, I really appreciate it. But you may be wondering, why is a hip-hop podcast talking about Rosalia and this album? Well, one, it's a really great album that I wanted to talk about. But more importantly, a solid portion of Rosalia's success and special sauce that makes her really stand out can be linked to her embracing of the almighty culture of hip-hop. It's led to her creating an album in Motomami that combines her traditional flamenco roots with reggaeton, pop, and hip-hop elements in a way that I find truly fascinating. I think there is certainly a whole other discussion to be had about Rosalia, though, related to how white artists historically benefit from adopting these other styles and are given the grace to experiment with art forms originating from marginalized communities in a way that is generally accepted by society where they get all the praise and the celebration. However, I chose not to focus on that component of the whole Rosalia discussion because, one, I don't get the impression that Rosalia is intentionally doing anything nefarious here, even if she clearly does benefit from the color of her skin. But two, I don't think I'm also the right person to be talking about this. I think there's many other folks out there that are much more in tune with those cultures that could speak to the nuances in that kind of discussion that it deserves. But three, she did truly created something that is very intriguing and potentially very significant in influence through its truly borderless creation that reached across the globe during its gestation that hopefully leads to more of this type of fruitful collaboration in the future that spans across cultures and musical styles. And then finally, I wanted to generally reframe this discussion on Rosalia and Motomami to an aspect that is, I don't think, as much talked about, which is the ingenuity of this new album in how it embraced what I believe is the greatest form of art ever made, and that is hip-hop, and how hip-hop helped fuel the greatness of what I think is a phenomenal artist and a very compelling album in Motomami. So there we have it, another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer. If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. Big shout out to Dano of Free Music Empire, Levy, Mahima, Jeff, 
Mitch, Dash Lewis, Pancake Cleaner, Trey, Noah, Justin, Brandon, Joe, Gavin, Matt, Teddy Faley, Jackson, Fat Man Tomb, and Khalid for your generous support through the Patreon. I really appreciate it. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it.